So we said this time here, we're spending time at night, all right, praising God and worshiping him and praying, starting prayers. Uh, let me just say that the time has been officially moved from tonight from 11.30 to 10 p.m., all right? The reason is that people are struggling, all right, with 11.30 to wake up. Even me, myself, I must confess, <laughs> two days ago, all right, I said, let me just rest for one hour, 45 minutes, and I set the alarm, and confidently at 11, I got up, I looked at it, and I said, I'm good, let me just turn, and, and I turned, and the next time, I opened my eyes, was 11.33. I jumped up, ran to my laptop, started playing. All right, it took some time for me to gather myself. And I told some people after, so why didn't you, you know, you didn't call me. They said we were wondering, all right. In fact, this morning, a strong person, I sent that person a message last night about something after the prayer, all right, and the person replied at um, 6.30, the person said I slept off my bed. All right, so there's no need to, to, to make life difficult for ourselves. All right, so we'll move it to 10, so we can have, uh, are you following what I'm saying? Because oh, you know you're happy. All right, okay, all right. Now, four things, quickly. All right, these are four important things that you need to get. These are four strategic things. Now, because of time. All right, just quickly, look, just look at this. Look at, uh, all right. All right, put Isaiah 52, verse 8. Quickly see something. Thy watchmen shall lift thy voice, and their voice they shall sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Now put verse 9. It goes on and says this. It says, break forth into joy. Sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. So there were still waste places when he said start singing. So this is a strategy here, a very powerful strategy. All right? For the Lord comforted his people, and he will have, all right, and he hath redeemed Jerusalem. Verse 10, the Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all nations, and the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of the Lord. Now, verse 13, let's quickly go there. It says, behold, my servant shall deal prudently, which means one of the things is his servant also will deal prudently during this time of visitation, and by the prudent dealing, he shall be exalted and extolled, and he shall be very high. So, there are four points. Uh, we want us to pray this week, and I want to show why these points are important. Uh, the first thing is, as you start praising and rejoicing and worshiping God, it is important that you narrow, all right, your focus and narrow the things that you are doing. Now, if you are getting tired, it's because you are doing too many unnecessary things that appear needful to you. In other words, in this time, one of the prayers, and I'll show this, is start narrowing down and decreasing the amount of things. Now, this counterintuitive, I'll show from scripture, the amount of things that you are doing. Now, if you're getting tired, it's not because, you know, you say, I'm working very hard. Let me tell you, right? Jesus said, all you that labor and are heavy laden, he said, come on to me, come and learn of me, and you shall have rest in your soul. All right? You narrow the things that you're doing. You are tired because you are doing too many things, unnecessary things that appear needful to you. Right? So you want to, first prayer there is to ask God to remove from your life good activities 
so that only the best may remain, which means the enemy of the best is the good activities that you are doing that is diluting the most important things in your life. You know, Jesus said, any branch in me that beareth fruit, I will purge it that it might bring forth more fruit, which means I will decrease the amount of things that is going on in order to make it more fruitful. Now, let me explain this way. There can be things that are essential. For example, let's say you're a CEO, you're a manager, you're heading a team, that those things are essential. Now, what we are saying is this, right? Then that's where delegation comes in. If those things are essential, if, if you are going to be impactful as a person and you are going to maximize your impact and really experience great growth and multiplication, you have to decrease the amount of things that you're doing so that you can focus on the things you do best in order to maximize that and then delegate that. Now, let me give an example here. Let's assume somebody starts a business just for this here and he's making 500,000 naira. That's his profit. Now, so this is his mindset. Out of the 500,000 naira, he takes 400,000 to himself, all right, he goes to spend. So he's doing everything because he's the only one. Now, in order for you to become more impactful, what you do need to do is to decrease the amount of money you are taking from the 500,000 in order to hire more hands so that you can delegate that. Because if you stay that way and you are do, spending the 400,000 and you're putting all of that, that business or that thing will not grow beyond that 500,000. And after some time, the law of diminishing returns is going to set in. So what you do is you drop what you are taking, let's say to 200,000, you now take the things that you are doing that you should not really be doing. This is the area of your strength that you might focus on that. And that is what is going to bring the multiplication because you have time now to innovate. You have time to do certain things. That's what's going to bring the multiplication. But your time and your resources is consumed with these other things. So decrease the amount of things you're doing. Dec all right? It will affect your lifestyle for a while. You bring in other hands so that they now focus just on, you focus on this, you focus on this, you are good at this, you focus on this, and then you do that, and then you can now drive, all right, what you are doing now, and then within one year, it now jumps to two million, so you can go back, all right, to your supposed 400,000, whatever it is, or 500, 600,000, and now, all right, you are focused, you are doing that, you're not getting tired, and things are not diluted. Okay? So one great secret we'll see here is decrease the amount of things that you are doing. To make, have a lasting impact, you need to eliminate things that you do well for the sake of things that you do best. There is always a temptation as we grow for complexity to enter in a very subtle way into what we are doing. We are adding several things and we are not subtracting anything. You are not going to grow by adding more things. You are going to grow by subtracting what is not necessary so that you can see the essential things that you are doing. And then you are able to do that and it increases your effectiveness, not that it dilutes your effectiveness. So what Satan really does is he comes with frontal attack. That's what he did to Neymar. If you overcome that, he says, well, then let's dilute what they are doing. Join the camp, all right, and weaken their hands. So this is important. And so, what di whatever divides your resources and your focus sets a barrier on your growth. So, to grow more, you need to do less. And that's what Jesus taught, that we purge you, all right? The chances are you grow less if you just start doing more. 
So if you have to do more, for example, in this church, all right, we are doing more than we did in the past, but honestly, all right, for example, we've started all the fellowship groups. Some of them had meetings yesterday. I didn't even know. They were sending photographs and all of that and all of that. One of them said, I should come and do five. Tell them, I'm not coming. I don't have time to sit down and be there. You know, you say, people will be happy. Many, there are many things I can do that people will be happy. Are you from Tanya? But will I be happy? I so must be happy. All right? Are you understand, Tanya? All right? If the task is necessary, but stay on what you do best to increase your impact. If you cannot hire somebody to do it, then it's not worth it. Then you can shut the thing down. But if it's worth it, then hire someone to do that and let them focus on that. Don't build your identity around activity, all right, but build it on a mission, all right? Don't hold on to what you do too tightly. Hold on to your vision, which is your mission tightly, but not the activity that you are doing to make it happen because those activities will change, all right? If you allow yourself to be defined by the activity, then you get trapped in that and even when it's not working, all right, and the effectiveness is no longer there, all right, you just keep doing it and you're unable to evaluate the effectiveness of what you're doing and separate yourself from it because your identity has been associated, all right, with that particular thing. Activities will always change. The things that you are doing will change. If they don't change, then the law of diminishing return is going to set in, all right, but your mission and your assignment remains the same. So the first prayer there is a prayer of refocusing, all right, your life. Asking God, all right, I need to get focused again, right? Cut off the paths, the things that I'm doing that are not fruitful, all right, so that I can increase my own fruitfulness. So it's a prayer before God to show you the things in your life that are consuming energy, time, and resources, right? That, all right, if they have to be done then, listen, if there way somebody else can do that, so I will be able to, even if you are a CEO and you have to give up some measure of your own salary to somebody else to do that, if you do that and create that white space, all right, what is going to happen is you'll be able to pay more attention. Many great opportunities, you will miss them if you are tired, all right? So you must remain fresh so you are able to see things, all right, and you are sensitive and you are doing few things. All right, so that you'll be able to. I mean, Tyler Perry opened up his studio, massive thing, and I listened to, I won't call the names, were two, two powerful black actors. And they were happy for him, but from the sound of their voice, uh, I understood. No, no, I'll say this in the next one. All right, I understood that they realized something uh, that they missed. All right, so the first thing here is refocus. Ask God to show you so that the activities that are not necessary. All right, so you are fresh. He says, you'll be getting results from a place of rest. You will never burn out. Jesus didn't expect that anybody should burn out and get tired. He says, if that is happening, come and learn of me. You are not doing it right, and you will find rest within your soul. Okay? Sometimes our definition of love that has made us allow ourselves to be scattered everywhere where we are unable to say no. All right, to things, and we just keep doing that, and it drains our energy. Number two, the second prayer point here. So you pray that intent that God should show you and reorganize your life. All right, to do less, but to have more impact in what you're doing. Then the second thing is that God should open your eyes to see what you have in your hands. All right, 
that you have that is underutilized, which means if there is going to be, all right, great multiplication, the thing that God is going to use to multiply you is already in your hands. So the prayer is to recognize the value of what you have in your hands now that you may not be seen and how to use it. Recognizing the value of what you have in your hands. Everywhere, everywhere. I mean, I think it was Tyler Perry said he was struggling when he was doing his theaters. He said until he began to call local, all right, actors inside the city. Less expensive, but they, you see, you, you know, we think always about spending more, doing more on the outside. But it's about recognizing the value of what we have. Uh, put up uh, Mark chapter 6 from verse 37 to verse 39. Mark 6 from verse 37. Quickly, he answered and said, give them to eat. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them that this is what you are saying. This is the amount of money. And in verse 38, Jesus said, he saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they came back and said, it is five. Another said, but what is this among so many? They didn't know the value, all right, of what they had in their hands. It takes God to open your eyes because just like Moses, God, just check God. He never goes out of what you have in your hands, never. He, don't, he doesn't, you know, do expensive. You know, one day he told me, he said, listen, he said, why do you labor for that which you don't satisfy not and you spend money for that which is not bread? He said, hearken diligently unto me. He said, if something is too expensive, it's wrong. He said, you are spending, you can't be spending money like this. He said, hearken, you are not listening properly. All right? So spend time in worship, praying, and listening, all right, to what God is saying there. I mean, when Moses came, wanted to do the great project. God said, what do you have in your hand? He said, a rod. That's how Moses said, God said, a rod? He said, throw it down, you see, that what is in your hand is much more than a rod. So it's about opening your eyes to see the value, all right, of what you have at this time. When that widow was there and she, um, the prophet went to meet her, the prophet was going to solve the problem. That's how God does every time. He said, what do you have in your house? Oh, she said, we just have a cake and this, we'll eat this and die. As far as she was concerned, it was the last meal. There was no real value in it. And then the prophet opened her eyes and she saw that from that very thing she was sustained. But it takes God to open your eyes to see, right, the value. And what I was going to say about those actors was, when they saw it, they looked at Tyler Perry. They said, they said, you know what? They said he was thinking different from us. That, you know, the way they, were, they looked at it was, you know, we do this, we get Oscars and all of that. But he was thinking different. Because these two gentlemen had the same relationship that Tyler Perry had that brought about that thing. The same people. He, those people know the same people like Oprah and all, they knew them. Same people. But they just did not, all right, understand and tap into. Maybe his own relationship with Oprah was different. Maybe he asked her, he understood the value in her and she expanded his vision and all of that. So you need to pray to God to open your eyes. It says much food is in the tillage of the poor, all right? But there is he that is in lack by want of discernment or judgment. So the second thing we're praying is opening our eyes, even if you are running an organization, you have a team behind you, that God opens your eyes to see the value, all right, that is in these people. What's the value that is here in these people? Because they can do much more, all right, than, than, than what's going on. The value, right, that is in it, okay? 
I mean, any if you run the team, you're a CEO, just let me tell you this. Great growth comes when you turn, what's, how do I say it? When you turn people that have jobs into leaders, right? Which means they're just there and we are doing the job. If you know how to turn them into leaders and you can create that spirit of entrepreneurship inside that place where people now, all right, great growth. They will bring ideas to you that you thinking for 100 years, you may never have come across it. They, they say great multiplication will come through that. So the value of what you have and how to organize it. Then the third one, very important, Luke chapter 13. Quickly, I have just five minutes and there too. Luke chapter 13 and verse 35. So because the Bible says sons of strangers will come and all of this. Now get this. Uh, sorry, verse 34. It says... Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, which killeth the prophet and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. How often will I have gathered thy children, which is this in gathering, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, but you will not. Now, it says, verse 35, and it says, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So, verse 34. It says, Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, that killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. Now, here is the problem, and this is the prayer you need to pray. You need to ask God for wisdom for men, man management, how to manage people effectively. Because we've said this, your place will cause your gates to be opened, that force of Gentiles, that kings might be brought. You have to understand, all right, how to manage a person who is in authority, how to manage people, and what happened here was that they were stoned. Now, God says, all right, I would often, I put up there, I would have gathered. So when God said, I would have gathered thy children, how was he going to do it? He was sending people into their lives, all right? So God said, this, I'm the one gathering, but people are going to come into your life that are going to actually cause that in gathering to come in. But the problem is that these people might have issues. And when you see the issues, you stone them. Are you following what I'm saying here? Which means they might have character flaws, major character defects, and you don't know how to manage those people. So what you do is you stone, throw stones, out, out. All right? The great guy that may come with brilliant ideas to bring growth has a character flaw. And you just can't stand it. I can't stand this in this office. You can leave. And as they are leaving, God says, he will never send perfect people home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right? I mean, cricket, English cricket team, there was somebody, Kevin Peterson, he used to play with South Africa, and he was playing for England. And he got kicked out from the cricket team because as his former captain who used to manage him, said, I know he's a dickhead. He says things he shouldn't say. He opens his mouth. He said, but that's the way he is. He said, now, English cricket, this was from 2000, he said, dropped drastically. We were number one. We fell to number seven. He said, because we lost Kevin Peterson. He said, when I was there, he, will, he said, we'll say we are using this hotel. He will ask you why. Say all kinds of things. Like, he said, but you have to learn how to manage those people. He said, because, he said, we won the ashes because Kevin Peterson stood there when the whole batting lineup of England collapsed and batted 270 
He said he stayed there and batted for 12 hours. He said he won us the ashes. Nobody else would have done that. He says, but he comes with baggage. So you must learn how to manage the baggage to be able to get the benefit. Are you following what I'm saying here? Uh, Moses had his own issues. David had his issues. Moses had anger problem. You don't know? All right? Who anger problem there? All right? And you say you have to learn. So you have to pray for that grace so that you don't drive away the people that God has brought into you. Are you following what I'm saying here? All right? Don't drive away the people because you'll see that same person somewhere else where that person was properly managed and great growth came by reason, all right, of that person's involvement. Now, we've all made mistakes, but it's important that we pray and ask grace for this. Then finally, all right, the last one is Esther chapter 8 and verse 5. Quickly, Esther chapter 8. Now, what happened here was in the book of Esther, I was going to say this, it's a book of typology. That's the only book in the Bible. The name of God is not mentioned. So Haman was a type of the enemy, the adversary. Um, Esther was a type of the church. All right, so what happened was Haman had decided, all right, to destroy, destroy um, the nation of Israel or the Jews. And letters had been written to that effect. And what Esther was praying here was, if it pleased the king and I found favor, and the thing seemed right before God and is pleasing, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman. Now, in God's presence, there is power to reverse, all right? So, and what had happened was that Haman actually was dead by this time because Esther had gone in and prayed a prayer that led to Haman being hanged where he wanted to kill Mordecai. But the letters Haman wrote were still in existence, and those letters were going to be effective. Now, Haman was no longer there, but the letters were still in existence. And Esther realized that, look, these letters are still valid. And she asked God, all right, asked the king, which type of God, for a reversal, all right, of those letters. Now, what did that mean? It meant that on the 13th day of the 12th month, they had decided that they were going to kill they were going to destroy, which was three things, and cause to perish, to still kill and destroy all of the Jews. But they got wind of it, and then they prayed that those letters be reversed, so that on that day, right, on that very day, that the enemy planned to destroy them. It was the day they had joy, gladness, great feasting, and great victory. And one of the things you must pray is this, because, you know, when this, this is the enemy might plan that on the 15th of December is the set date and it is hatched in the realm of the spirit. All right, and God showed me this. He said, people got to pray this in the realm of the spirit that something wrong will go on and that they should come to me and ask that anything that might be written about them be reversed in the realm of the spirit. All right, before the manifestation of that thing. So that when that day comes, instead of that evil thing coming out of that situation, that you meant it for evil, God, all right, uses that particular thing and brings about good, all right? So there is that reversal that goes on 
in the realm of the spirit. So we're praying four things this week, and the time is going to be 10 p.m. on next night, or you can join. We worship God and spend time worshiping Him and praying these things, all right, in here, in terms of refocusing, so that we're focused, in terms of making sure, all right, we receive grace and wisdom to manage people right, all right, and all of that, because then second, to open our eyes to see the value in what is within our hands and also to reverse anything that may, all right, have been issued in the realm of the Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word by the power of your Spirit. I ask that you cause this truth to be established and experienced in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.